This sermon was preached this fall, 2022, at the Episcopal Church of the Ascension in Knoxville, Tennessee. May the God of joy and wonder give us courage to wrestle, persist, receive, and offer. Amen. Growing up in the South, I always had my eye out for spunky, strong women who also had a warmth and sparkle to them. Angela Lansbury always seemed to be this kind of woman. On my TV, through the bulk of my childhood, there she was playing Jessica Fletcher in Murder, She Wrote. She seemed so sophisticated, bright, gentle, and wise, and certainly feisty and strong. As you may have heard, the actress died this week at the age of 96. I learned reading her obituary in the New York Times that Lansbury got her first major role as a teenager and was nominated for an Oscar at the age of 19. In an interview about her life and career, she said that not receiving the Academy Award was a blessing. She dug into her vocation in a way that she likely would not have otherwise had she had had an Academy Award in her hands at 19 years old. Now the Oscar she lost to Patty Duke years later was much harder to swallow. Lansbury owned openly that she was not movie star material. She said she was not that kind of actress. Rather, she embraced who she was, the gifts God had given her, and thoroughly enjoyed the parts that were a good fit for her, earning five Tony Awards along the way. Through thick and thin, hard times within her family, which included uprooting them from the United States and moving them back to her homeland of Ireland for a time, on and off the screen, Lansbury persisted. Which brings me to the parable in the Gospel reading today. I've always seen this widow as rather feisty and strong. What we know is that she kept going to the judge, asking that he grant her justice against her opponent. For a while, he just refuses her, which is understandable because what we know about him is that he does not fear God, nor does he have respect for people. This is exactly, this is not exactly someone you want to be interacting with, much less determining whether there will be justice in a matter of great concern to you. The judge tires of this woman continuing to bother him. So he decides to grant her justice, just to make her go away. The parable makes it clear the judge doesn't do the right thing on the basis of care or respect for God, for the woman, the situation, or even in the name of true justice. He just wants her gone. Jesus shares with those listening, if this unjust judge does the right thing for the wrong reasons, won't a loving God be that much more ready and swift in carrying through the prayers of his people who cry out to him day and night? He assures that God will quickly grant justice to them and to us. The scripture states clearly at the beginning of this passage why Jesus is sharing this particular story. Jesus is making clear that we are to pray always and not to lose heart. Pray always and not to lose heart. It's interesting to think about this woman's behavior as prayer, 
We typically think of prayer as sitting quietly alone, reciting prayers or talking to God or like we are this morning in collective prayer and worship. And as we shared on the new Ascension podcast, Becoming Fully Alive, as Christians, our whole lives are prayer. The woman's persistence, her continuing to show up and make her case to the judge, her claim of justice, all of this is prayer. Her actions, her words, her persistence are all a reflection of her faith. As Paul says to the Hebrews, her assurance in things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. Given that the judge doesn't fear God and has no respect for people, there's no reason for this woman to have faith the judge will be just, which is exactly the point Jesus is raising. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for in God, the conviction of things unseen by us and able to be seen by God. The woman cannot know for sure how God will act through the judge, and yet, She persists. She keeps showing up to what God has given her to do. Seek justice as a form of prayer, a prayerful way to live indicative of her whole life in God, a reflection of how she has become fully alive in God. I cannot help but think of all the people in the Knoxville area who advocate for the marginalized in our community, who show up in front of the mayor, the school superintendent, and other people in power, like those who band together in the Ministry of Justice Knox, who conduct rigorous research and then keep showing up, making the case for justice. Likely in many cases, there's no reason to have faith in politicians or the current systems, and yet they persist placing their faith in a loving God. They orient their hearts towards the assurance in things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. Their actions are prayer, an integral part of how they are living out their faith. And all those who show up faithfully to serve at the fish pantry, consider how each volunteer is a persistent advocate of justice, leading a prayerful life fully alive in God. The last line of this gospel reading brings it all together and makes us realize what's on the line. Jesus says, And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus is curious whether all this teaching, all this wisdom pouring into their hearts will transform their lives so that the kingdom of God can be made manifest in the world. He's wondering if they will actually become fully alive in God and embody, live the wisdom of the good news he is sharing and role modeling with them. Because what is on the line is whether the kingdom of God is ever realized on earth. Pretty huge stakes when you think about it. This parable of the spunky, persistent widow is shared within the context of the previous passage where Jesus is discussing the kingdom of God with the disciples. 
Jesus points to past examples where people felt assurance. They're eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building, and then life blows up. He's pointing to Noah and Lot. He pulls it together by saying, those who try to make their life secure will lose it. But those who lose their life will keep it. The kingdom of God is among you, says Jesus, with all the wisdom and truth in his mind, body, and soul. Jesus is attempting to enlighten their minds, stir their hearts, and strengthen the will of the disciples to God's will. And it's hard because the disciples, like all of us, have so many barriers to being able to see with the eyes of God's heart. And yet, Jesus persists. Just like last week's, healed the one healed leper who turns back in gratitude to Jesus. This persistent, spunky widow who won't take no for an answer has something to teach us about how to awaken to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God that is among us is here, is within us and around us, just waiting to be realized and shared with the world. The reading from Genesis gives us further insight into how we might awaken to the kingdom of God within and around us. You have Jacob getting his family settled for the night, and then he goes off to be in the dark of night alone. Jacob had a lot to sort through as it was the eve of seeing his brother Esau after years of separation. The last time he'd seen his twin, he'd stolen his birthright right out from underneath him. The scripture says a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Some interpret this man as an angel or messenger or maybe his own conscience or soul. When the man angel messenger sees that Jacob wasn't going excuse me, that, that the messenger wasn't going to prevail against J Jacob, he strikes him on the hip socket. The man pleads with Jacob, enough is enough, dude. Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob, as persistent as the spunky woman from the gospel, doesn't let him go. He says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And there it is. What keeps Jacob going, the fuel in his engine, even with a hip out of socket, is the yearning for God's blessing. He knew the birthright he stole from his twin was not the blessing on his life. The true blessing, the gift he yearned for, could only come from God. The true blessing, the gift, could not come from his own scheming, manipulation, and stealing. Jacob was going to strive with God until the authentic blessing was given. He was going to go as many rounds as it took to receive the gift he yearned for from God. The man, angel, messenger, renames Jacob Israel. He says, For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asks him, please tell me your name. The man angel messenger says, why do you ask my name? And there he blessed him. 
Jacob asked his name, and there, in that moment, he was blessed. He received the very thing he's yearned for all along. Jacob, Israel, knew that he was face to face with God, something that was never supposed to happen. If you were face to face with God, it was the end of life. And it was the end of life for Jacob as he knew it. In many ways, he dies that night as Jacob and walked limping into a new day, a new era as Israel, able to face his brother and life with humility, respect, and dignity because he had made himself right with God. Jacob tried to secure the life he wanted through his own means, his own scheming and manipulation, and he knows deep in his soul his will wasn't the will he was after. Persistence in our will never makes us whole. Stealing the birthright wasn't the real blessing he was after. He was after the blessing, the gift that only God could offer that would make his life make sense by God's design. In his persistence to show up with God, in striving with God, working out the most important thing with God, Jacob is given the everlasting gift and his life is changed forever. He loses his life to God and given the life God intended for him all along. This isn't the easiest road, discipleship. Living a life of persistent prayer where our whole life reflects our faith and encapsulates a prayer to God has to be intentional and deliberate. May our actions and our inactions, our wrestling and persistence give way to receiving in hope the gift God has given you that you are now responsible for sharing with the world. Amen. The two readings this sermon is based on are from Genesis and the Gospel of Luke. First Genesis chapter 32 verses 22 to 31. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you asked my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping 
because of his hip. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading from Luke chapter 18 verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, He will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. If you'd like to meditate live together, use the app Insight Timer. To find my live meditations on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern, it's an opportunity to meditate in body and spirit. That's big S spirit, connecting our human spirit, our human breath with the breath of God and the breath of the Holy Spirit. So I'll guide you through that each Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, again, using the app Insight Timer. And if you live in the Knoxville area, we'd love for you to join us at Church of the Ascension. We have a new spiritual center uh, called Spiritus Knox, and we'd love for you to join us Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. The first Sunday evening of the month is our monthly book study. Second Sunday evening of the month is Breathing Under the Stained Glass. That's during the winter months. In the warmer months, we go outside to a a local park close to the church called Lakeshore Park for Breathing Under the Oak Trees. So the second Sunday evening of the month, we're breathing together. Third Sunday evening of the month is our uh, monthly Celtic service. Come and worship um, in an inclusive, with an inclusive liturgy by candlelight and beautiful music, a short reflection that hopefully helps you center and ground as a way of starting your week with ease and a sense of peace. And our fourth offering, the fourth Sunday evening of the month, is Tools of Aliveness, Each of those Sundays, we discuss, talk about a spiritual practice, which may be new to you or it may not be new to you, but we discuss it and then practice it together and then have a little more discussion around it so that you feel fully equipped to integrate that spiritual tool into your life if it feels good and right to you. So we hope you'll join us. You can learn more about all these offerings and upcoming retreats at our website, spiritusnox.com.